All right, today I'm talking with Paul DeCiccio of Tor Johnson Records, of the band Sidorak, of Teeth Like Swords Printing. Am I missing anything else? No, I think that's about it. <laughs> How are you doing, Paul? <laughs> I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Uh, trying to get this year wrapped up and uh, maybe on to a brighter 2021. God, I hope so. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Uh, listeners like, may remember that Paul was our last guest before the COVID outbreak, and then we posted it in April after uh, we came resumed posting episodes. So we haven't talked to you since uh, before the world went to shit. But <laughs> sorry, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It has a weird combination of feeling like two months ago, but also feeling like ten years ago. It's uh, you know, <laughs> it's definitely both. It feels like both. <laughs> Because, like, I've definitely right. been like, that just happened. But then, I guess because, lock, like, you know, lockdown, quote-unquote, has been quick. But at the same time, like, the things that happened before then feel like a million years ago. Yeah. I feel like every day is a year, but then yesterday feels like it was two hours ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. So, we're getting everybody's takes on albums of the year, but so it's not just Dylan and I. Well, I like this record, you know, for two hours straight. So, <laughs> uh, what were you listening to this year? Uh, there have been so like every year I do this. Every year, like I'm like, what did even what even came out this year? Like I find myself always just listening to the same thing. But then I like looked back at this year and I'm like, damn, this was a good year for music. And like. I'm wondering, like, man, some of these, like, came out of nowhere, and some of them, obviously, like, I knew about ahead of time. But, um, yeah, uh, my list is not really in order, with the exception of number one. That new Hum record is so good. out of nowhere like i didn't really know they were making a record uh obviously vinyl took longer but like i listened to it so much on Bandcamp that they did that thing that's like now you have to pay for it and i'm like <laughs> oh, yeah fair that, that's fair <laughs> enough um i just recently got my vinyl copy and it sounds so good on record like it it is an awesome record so that's my number one 
that was a surprise, right? Like it was. I feel like no one knew it was coming, right? I mean, I didn't. Yeah, like I didn't see news articles about it. Just all of a sudden, it was like, "Hey, there's going to be a new home record tomorrow. Here it is on Bandcamp." Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel like it was a a quick a quick thing. I mean, maybe too because like traditional album cycles this year were not what they usually are. Mm-hmm. So they were just like, eh, "Here it is. <laughs> we can't tour to support it." That's the thing too is like I'm curious like how many of these quote unquote surprise records were actually surprise records or if they were just like just do it like what are what like what else are we gonna do right now just just do it just put it up you know I feel like independent music like punk and hardcore and like all these other bands like we all anticipated this pandemic lasting as long as it's going to last way before mm-hmm. the rest of the world because the rest of the world was like. It'll be over by summer, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but every band I talked to was like, uh, this may be fall, 12, fall 2021 before we can do anything live. So, yep. And that was March. So, yeah, it, I feel like our scenes were more uh, aware of what was going on than the rest of the world. Oh, totally. Like, there were definitely clings to hope. Like, you know, not to say that, like, I didn't know the fest was going to cancel, but like I was clinging to that hope because they like waited until like I don't know when when did they when did they cancel like um, September like, I feel like yeah or like August and I was like clinging to that hope of like maybe stuff's gonna happen I'm always like man what order should I go in should I go like chronologically <laughs> or should I just go down my list I'm gonna just go my go down my list because fuck it uh, I kind of just wrote these as I thought about them so the new Aesop Rock record uh, Spirit World Field Guide uh is really good i'm it's not really a surprise record but like he was doing so many other like collaborational stuff that it was like really good to just have an aesop rock record like he went back to mostly making his own beats which i really liked from the first couple records um the packaging is insane he did this thing on the record that i've never really seen before that i'm sure exists but i never really have seen it there's no center label and instead, there's it's a clear record, and there's printing directly on where the center label should be. So it's like white, like printed, instead of having a center label, so you can still see through it. It's like that's pretty cool. And he did like this uh, augmented reality thing that you can, I guess, download. I haven't fucked with it yet. That you can like post pictures of his artwork, and like parts of it is like jumping out of the artwork in the uh in the picture uh i don't know i thought it was really it was a cool interactive sort of thing that he did uh, is it like screen printed on the record or is it more like um i think so it like it feels that way it feels screen printed but it could be some other sort of like medium that i'm just not familiar with it yeah. doesn't feel like a like decal you know what i mean it doesn't yeah. feel like someone just did like a clear sticker yeah that's a neat yeah, idea really, it's a really cool idea, which is also funny because I've had pressing plants tell me that they need to have a center label because I've wanted to like not have one on like an etching side. And they're like, nah, man, we got to do it. And I was like, oh, OK, now, now I can print Wait, it. I've, def- I've definitely seen like the screen printed sides of like a blank, you know, one of the blank sides of a record not having a center label. So, well, yeah, there's so, ways so to do it. <laughs> there's ways to do it. I know. I, I just like I, I'm at a point where I'm just like, all right, cool, man. I'm not going to I'm not going to fight you on it. 
Next on the list is the, and I hope I'm pronouncing their name right, and it sucks because I know members of the band, but it's Fame. That's what I assume. Yeah. Uh, Hollow Hope is an awesome hardcore record. It's like super political. It's like just nonstop, like just hardcore, which I fucking love. There's no like real serious breakdowns. They're not like writing that formulaic mush like hardcore. Um, and it's just really good watching that band get the recognition that they deserve because um their drummer runs a label and they've so they've sort of self-released everything up to this point and like this this record like really like blew up and like it's really cool to see that happen is that um safe inside or is that someone else who put the vinyl out uh no i they didn't they actually didn't do this release um he did like all the other releases i'm trying to remember what the name of the label is convulse convulse records yeah convulse records that was seamless for other listeners. That was seamless. We did not. Uh, see that, yeah, we definitely <laughs> found that real easily. Yeah. See, the magic of editing is it will seem that way. So. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Uh, it's a great record. Uh, it's definitely it's on my top 200 of the year because I'm insane and have a 200 album list this year. But <laughs> it's definitely on there for me. It's one of my favorite uh, hardcore records of the year. Totally, totally. And like they, they just killed it. Like the way it just it sounds exactly how I want a hardcore record to sound. It's not overproduced, but it's not underproduced. It's like it's such a good progression from their seven inch and from their earlier stuff. Um, it's it's a good LP. Um, next on my list is the new Into It Over It record, uh, figure. Into It Over It is it's they're one of those bands, well, Evan. Uh, is one of those people who has been in my circle like forever. Um, he used to work at a distributor that I actually had an exclusive deal with like way back in the day. And Best Practices played with Intuit over at, um, at like a festival and we like connected via that and it was really cool. Um, but he's one of those bands that I listen to a lot on like Spotify, but I don't really own that much of his stuff. Uh, I bought this record. It's a it's an awesome sounding record. It looks amazing. I, the amount of money that he gets Triple Crown to spend on packaging is like kind of ridiculous. <laughs> um, also, like, how does he just keep writing good songs? He's in like what five different bands at this point or something like that. He's in like it's Pet Cemetery. Uh, I don't know if they're still active, but they're they're there. Um, he does that. He has a new project with. Um, 
Trevor uh, Tanner from you you blew it like that's starting soon like you just got all these projects and they're all good songs like <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous what uh, who's is it just him on this record or does he have uh, like a, no, it's, um, the same line there's a dude, uh, I want to say it's a different bassist but it's the same guitarist and drummer that he's been working with for a while um i know the dude adam that's in the band with him has been with him for like for a bunch of records like for a while so it's cool to see him with like the same crew am, am, am i right thinking that he had some of the cast of it guys in his band like way uh, back yeah i want to say they like they were doing something together maybe around like proper during that time period yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i want to say that sounds right i'd have to go back and look like He's the only constant in my brain of, like, mm-hmm. that's who that band is. <laughs> yeah. The next one on my list is a surprise that actually was dropped, like, two weeks ago, I want to say. Um, the new Chamberlain record, Red Weather. Driver was released with both of them, and I was like real excited when I found my copy from Split Lip and not Chamberlain. <laughs> um, it is, it's a really good record. It, they're a band that hasn't done anything in a while, and they're a band that I probably stopped really listening to after Fate's Got a Driver. So this was not what necessarily what I expected out of them. It's a super mellow record, like slide guitars brushes on drums like some of the later songs are definitely a little bit more rocking but it's it's way more springsteen meets meets like lucero like really country but still got like a little bit of that like americana rock feel to it um i really liked it i've been like it's not out physically but i've been listening to it on like spotify a bunch yeah i didn't know this had come out or come out um they I'm more familiar with the the split lip side of their catalog. And so like listening to this, like I haven't listened to their entire discography to see the progression from like the more like emo core-ish earlier stuff to what this record. So I listened to this and I was like, this is 
way different than <laughs> the <laughs> early stuff I'm familiar with. I'm assuming there was more of a, an even transition since then, but I don't know. I mean, honestly, I, I didn't listen to most of the records either. Uh, so, like, same thing. But, like, for some reason, it hooked me. Like, they still are just, like, writing those hooks that, like, that the song just, like, digs right into you. And I'm like, oh, all right. And, like, his voice is, like, you can see how he is the guy now, however many years later, that's saying it's split lip. Like, it's really weird, like, hearing that gravelly, like, where I'm like, oh, yeah, if he strained it a little bit more, it would be a split lip song. I'm looking at it. There was an EP in 2019, or was it just, like, a little 7-inch? It was, like, just a 7-inch single. And then there was, like, an actual EP in 2010. Oh, God, okay. So, essentially, it's been 10 years since there's a substantial release. You know, like, a 7-inch is cool, but if it's only two songs, yeah. you're not. it's not quite the same as an EP. And then the last album was 2001. So, like... And I remember listening to The Moon My Saddle, the LP before that, and that was definitely, like, you could hear them, like, not necessarily going in this direction, but definitely mellowing out, like, a lot. Yeah. Um, in, especially in comparison to, like, Fate's Got a Driver stuff. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a nice surprise. I, like, saw it on Facebook, somebody posted it, and they were just like, there's a new Chamberlain record. And I was like, there's a new Chamberlain record? I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, next on my list... Um, for those of uh, faithful listeners who listened to the year-end talk last year, uh, I mentioned the fact that Envy put out like one single song. Uh, so obviously they put out the whole record. I almost forgot to add this because it feels like so long ago. Because this record came out pre-COVID like shit. It came out in like January or February. And I spent a large portion of the beginning of like all this shit like listening to it. Like, a whole lot of my February, March, April was listening to the new Envy record, uh, The Fallen Crimson. It is exactly what I want from an Envy record. Uh, it's those long epic songs, but not boring. And uh, it's just a really good Envy record. I don't know. Like, it's like most of their records. <laughs> I yeah, know, I like we talked about them a little bit. I like this one too, and and it's funny because the last thing you came on to talk about was an envy record. It was like oh, that's right, <laughs> that's right. Um, but yeah, so so full circle. Um, talked about envy months ago. Now now we're talking about him again. Uh, so yeah, that I like, like that one. The next one on my list is technically an EP, um, but still gets on there. The peace test, uh, uniform repression uh, record. So Peace Test actually practices in the print shop, so I guess I'm biased a little bit. Uh, but they, this is just really good power violence, hardcore. Um, they, I forget how many songs are on this, but like it's a jam 
filled seven inch they're writing in an lp right now and like so i've got him to be privy to some of the writing process because i'll be in there printing when they're practicing and it's probably going to be a one-sided lp because they're like songs are like that um, but it's really it's awesome to see so four out of the five of them are older rhode island guys who have been in a lot of bands over the course of the time of time or had been involved over the course of time. And it's really good to see them get the recognition that I feel like they deserve because they haven't necessarily been in bands that have really like gotten a lot of hype, whether they deserve it or not. And like this band deserves it and is getting it. And like people really like them and it's, uh, it feels good. It feels good to see a hometown band, uh, get some love. So, um, yeah. It's a Will Killingsworth thing, right? Did he produce it? I know yeah. he says he mastered it. I'm pretty sure he... Re- I want to say they recorded it there, too. Uh, I don't remember now. Um, I don't remember if they recorded it with him it or with Trevor. Yeah, it says recorded mixed with Trevor Vaughn and the mastered by Will Killingsworth. So. Okay, cool. I couldn't remember. Yeah, so Will mastered it, and then they recorded with Trevor from... Um, you know, Wound Man and uh, X-Files X and et cetera. Yeah, so uh, I guess they have a couple, like, comps and, like, are working on some splits in this LP. So it'll be cool to see what they do in a world where they can actually, like, leave the practice space. <laughs> so uh, next on my list is the new Soul Glow EP, uh, Songs to Yeet at the Sun. Soul Glow is just, like, they're such a powerhouse um watching their trajectory as a band is like really really interesting and now with this record i feel like they've really like i know they personally fight the we sound like bad brains um comparison and i know a lot of that is really vocal style um but this record really really has vibes of like that old school screamo stuff that like old abolition old like old glory records like bands that probably didn't have more than like a seven inch or an lp but you put it on you're just like yeah you're transformed or transformed to standing in like a vfw hall or like a basement and like i think the soul glow record is they're really like hitting their groove with that and combining it with some hip hop stuff and things like that. That's, I really like it. It's a, it's fresh. Yeah. I've, I've said it, I've said it before on the show before, I believe I've definitely said it online in multiple places, but like soul glow is, I think they're one of those like rare, like legendary bands in the forming. Like I mm-hmm. think this EP and the record that came out last year, the 2019 album, and then whatever comes next, like this is gonna, these are gonna be like iconic, classic, like hardcore slash screamo records going forward. Like I feel like these are gonna be the ones that people will refer to in the future as, yes, this is a very important record. I, yeah, mm-hmm. agreed, agreed. And like you know, it's as to white male individuals, uh, it's really makes me happy to see them get. So much recognition and go so far and not be like, oh, yeah, you know, it was the band with African-American guys. They're an awesome band. You know, like, I'm so happy that they're not pigeonholed as 
that and also not like that's the only thing people talk about their music is awesome and like stands alone and you know i'm it makes me super psyched about that to watch that unfold yeah 2020 Uh, has definitely been a year where for the better like the punk and hardcore and like diy scene have actually paid attention to black artists more than mm -hmm. they have in history i mean it it's that's great that that's happening but at the same time it's awful why it had to happen you know Mm -hmm. at this time so i'm hoping i'm hoping this is a permanent thing though you know like me too not not just being like well we have to pay attention to black artists now it's like I mean, we should have been doing that all along, but I'm hoping <laughs> right. we finally are going to get to the point where it's like it it stops being like a conscious effort. And it just is our scene is more diverse on its yes. own without like, you know, a conscious effort from the mainstream press to find black artists to talk about in the scene. I'm I hoping agree. that's that's the way forward. But you never know. Think, fingers crossed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, next up on my list is the Dikembe record, uh, Muck. Uh, I also almost forgot to add this because the vinyl hasn't showed up at my house yet. Um, so it's, uh, it's an awesome record. Um, I love Dikembe. I always have loved Dikembe. Um, the reason why Best Practices ended up on Tiny Engines is because we played shows with them. But this record, I feel like, is kind of sta- almost stands alone from the other three, where they started to incorporate more like pianos and uh, like ripping solos and like they slowed it down a little bit. Like it's not the high paced Dikembe of uh, like broad shoulders or um, medium ship and things like that. Um, I really thought that this record is this record really solidifies them as a rock band. And I feel like, showcases the fact that they're more than just like a one trick pony and you don't have to just keep going back to Chicago Bulls, you know? (laughs) Um, So I I really appreciate this as like a um, record in sequence, uh, a a, uh, growth record, if you will, you know? They're one of the few bands from that emo revival explosion of like the early 2010s that like stuck it out. Mm-hmm. And evolved past that original sound, and because the majority of them broke up, I feel like at least yeah. like the big bands. Oh, definitely. I mean, Into It Over is probably one of the other ones that like <laughs> has made it that long. Is You Blew It still active on their own? No, no. Yeah. They they broke See? up years ago. Yeah. See, so like even the like the second and third iteration of that sound is for the most part gone at this point. Tiger's Jaw, I guess, could fit in that too, but they've yeah, yeah. they've also evolved quite a bit since then. So. It's really it's really cool whenever something that's born out of a specific sound and scene, I mean, like a band, will make it past that. Same, yeah. Like it's it's cool to watch that progression. Um, next up on my list is Bitter Branches. This may hurt a bit, which uh, is also an EP. It I was lucky enough to get turned on to it because Atomic Action is here in Rhode Island, so I get to like see all the shit that he's doing and talk to Brian all, all the time about stuff that he's got in the works so i like i knew that this was going to exist before it existed which was nice um it's for those of you who aren't familiar with bitter branches it's the singer of dead guy and kiss a goodbye and the band he's fronting though is like 
an AMREP, like Jesus Lizard, like Unseen, like style band. And those two sounds like coming together is so cool. And initially when I read that, I was not sold. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. But it it just works so well and it sounds so good. So, yeah. I, I had the pleasure of listening to this before I knew who was in the band. So, like... Someone just yeah. told me, it's like, hey, you should listen to this. It's really good. And so I listened to it. I was like, oh, shit, this is really good. It reminds me of something, though. And it very much was like, <laughs> I thought it was a new band doing a throwback. But now knowing that it's like, oh, shit, this is the, you know, the Kiss of Goodbye and Dead Guy lead singer doing something with also veteran musicians from yeah. that time period. So it's like, shit, well, no wonder it sounds like that. But uh, I love this EP a lot. Yeah, it was it was really good. And um, it's been interesting talking to brian about some like behind the scenes stuff too because like um i guess not all the copies are even in brian's hands still because like the pressing plant has been real weird and like just all these like interesting like little little things that like you get to hear about behind the scenes um (laughs) but i'm so happy that like people have latched onto this record because before he put it out he was just like i don't know man he's my friend and i really like it so i'm putting it out i don't know if anyone's gonna care about it (laughs) i'm like so psyched that people cared about it (laughs) that's good because people i think people cared about it it got a lot of positive press when it came out so oh agreed agreed it was a a risk well worth taking agreed totally and the last thing on my list is in my opinion a quintessential 2020 record and really, really needed was the new Drop Dead record. self-titled number whatever the fuck it is because all their records are self-titled um but it is uh it's weird to say it's refreshing because like it's not it's drop dead um but like you know i being in providence i get to see drop dead often and hearing these newer songs recorded i was really cool because like bob has changed his voice style on it uh, because obviously he's older and he can't like shriek like a madman anymore. Musically is super tight. Um, George, the guy who's been playing bass with them for a while, this is actually his first recording with the band. Um, and but you can tell that they have been playing together like for forever because they have been a band forever. And lyrically, like it's really what I needed. There's 
tons of super politically charged stuff on there. There's just like every song is like, yeah, that's right. Like this orange Cheeto is in the fucking White House and I'm fucking <laughs> mad. And like for four years, I've been like, man, I need some good hard hitting political hardcore. And so Drop Dead came out with it for for the for 2020. It's funny. Like, remember in 2016 where people you know, hacks were making that joke. It was like, well, we'll get some cool music out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was like, I feel like everyone was traumatized and then didn't want to make political music for a couple years. Oh, <laughs> uh, like, totally, totally. 2020 was the year where everybody felt like they were making a political record. I mean, I guess it's election <laughs> year, so it it's more on people's mind than normal. But I was like, well, we, we wasted the first three years of it. I mean, I'm sure there were right. plenty of bands doing stuff, but... Oh, wasn't totally, this- but a wave like we expected exactly exactly <laughs> and you know like honorable mention you know uh strike anywhere also put out a uh ep uh but drop dead gave me more uh it's like 20 fucking songs or some shit like that like <laughs> i i haven't i haven't counted how many but um you know so i had to put them on there <sighs> that's awesome in your notes here you got some uh, your personal stuff and i want to do head that off myself because Sidorak put out uh, was that an EP this year on cassette? Yeah, yep. That fucking gorgeous dice bag with the screen printed <laughs> tape and like, or was laser etched? Laser etched, yeah. Laser etched, yeah. And uh, I wanted to say how good that record is and how cool that packaging is. And like, I, I know you've got more stuff coming. And uh, I, I just want to say I love what you guys have been doing, and I've been a big supporter this year for you guys. So. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's interesting because so we recorded all the songs that have like been sort of trickling out this year in uh, we recorded them, I want to say, in January. And originally we were like going to pitch around an LP, but then, uh, you know, the world went to shit <laughs> and we were like, fuck it. Let's just put out this EP, like put it out on tape. Let's just get it out there. And like, I'm really, really happy with how the band sounds now like we added the guitarist obviously for this recording um i want to say we talked about this before but um he was in uh landmine marathon and um a couple other bands um awesome 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 guy and it just fills out the sound so much and makes us so much heavier and so we were able to do that ep then we did another split tape with um a band from boston called stagnator and then we have a digital split coming out in January with our cover of Jawbreaker's Boxcar, uh, which for anyone who's heard our bands, it's going to be it's a very interesting sound. And I fucking love it. Uh, we made that song so depressing. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's so good. Um but yeah, uh, Rich, the bass player and vocalist in the band, um, he's immunocompromised, mm-hmm. so he hasn't really left his apartment since March, like at all. So we haven't been able to practice. We've been like trickling out these EPs, um, but we're very excited for a time where he can come into the practice space. And we've been talking with uh, a couple labels about doing some some bigger stuff. So uh, hopefully that happens. Hopefully you can get that vaccine soon. Mm-hmm. Join the rest of us. <laughs> yep. You hear that, Rich? Get in, get in that vaccine line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Start now. <laughs> oh. And then, um, so 
Yeah, this year has been really weird. Um, I think I had mentioned it uh, the last time I was on and maybe last year when we did the year end that uh, I quit all my jobs to take my print shop full time, which was going really well. And then COVID hit. And so I had a month of like kind of weirdness where I was like trying to figure out what to do because at the time, probably 80 to 90 percent of my business was bands. And all of a sudden there were no bands. Uh, or none that needed merch right then, obviously. Um, but it's been really, really good. The uh, local small business community has been amazing, and I've been working with tons of restaurants and bars to get web stores up and do uh, work with them. And so the print shop has been going really well, uh, but that means the label took a little bit of a, a backseat. So the only thing I actually released was that Sidorak EP this year. Um, but I have a tape at the plant right now. Um, you talk to a couple of one, wonderful, wonderful guys for a really, really fun conversation. I enjoyed listening to, um, I'm doing a split tape with bedtime magic from Boston, who's been on the show and a sort of a sludge band called Greylock. Um, so it's, it's going to be really fun. Um, initially Greylock came to us with 16 minutes of music and bedtime magic came to us with five. <laughs> and I told I told them that they needed to go back in the studio and figure something out. So they they came back with eight. Um, so we're doing something special with the tape where bedtime magic side is forward and then backwards to fill up the sixteen minutes of Greylock side. So, um, it, it's going to be a good test for people. I want them to try and pinpoint where it starts going backwards because um, Carl um, Carl Schaff uh, did it for us, and it sounds like seamless. seamless. Oh, it's wow. awesome. Yeah, it's oh, really, can... really cool. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it and see what the if I could catch it. <laughs> it's, it's like uh, I end up like partway through the lyrics of that song backwards that I'm like, oh, shit, we're backwards. <laughs> so yeah. uh we're gonna good. be launching pre-orders for that in january yeah nice. you, you you had a, you had a wonderful conversation with them. those guys are a trip i love that like uh i want to say oh, i can't remember who who picked the record oh was nick it? nicholas yeah nick yeah. picked the record and then didn't tell basically he didn't let morgan make a decision yeah. <laughs> on the record so he's like i wouldn't have picked that one i would have picked something different <laughs> uh the the two of them are a trip they're they're funny to interact with because um, the, the way they interact with each other it's, it's fun <laughs> um so yeah so pre-orders for that are probably going to go up in january and we're looking at like a valentine's day release um and then i'm working with uh the guys from iodine recordings um who have kind of been all over uh instagram it for those of you who follow old Boston uh, music and um, I'm working with them on the first release back, which is going to be a vinyl release of um, a CD they put out. Uh, Anybody who is a good detective probably already knows what it is. If you don't, then you'll have to pay attention. (laughs) And uh, yeah. Yeah. I got, I got, um, we got tagged in one of those iodine recording posts. I didn't realize that, it was a connection to you, and that's why they tagged me our, uh, the, the show. So that's funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, was it that like little little video? Like the teaser that they were coming back? Yeah. Yeah, 
he literally just tagged like he tagged so many people in yeah. that uh, just to sort of help get the word out. <laughs> but yeah, um, we're we're doing vinyl for for something, and I'm really excited about it. The artwork is pretty much done. Mastering is pretty much done. I think we're looking at April for a release on that. Um, so that's going to be pretty great. I'm excited about it. Yeah. And then um, I'll do, I'll give you guys a little exclusive teaser too. A little exclusive. Uh, uh, news news tidbit i'm planning something absolutely ridiculously huge for the 20th anniversary of the label which <laughs> is 2022 and i'm planning it now wow uh yeah i actually started planning back in like april or may like because i knew that it was going to be even that much harder because of how this year has been i am doing a subscription series that um you are going to get a seven inch which is probably going to be a split seven inch every single month for the year of 2022 and it's going to be limited to 50 and i'm only pressing a hundred of each record each of the 12 so it's going to be real limited and real cool and i'm working with some awesome awesome musicians um of the 24 because most of them are going to be split releases i think only about four of them have ever been on the label before Uh, Most of them are on bigger, bigger and better things. Uh, So I'm very, very honored and privileged to be working with uh, some of the artists on this. I can't wait to see who who you got lined up. That's going to be really awesome. Uh, Yeah, it's going to it's it's looking pretty good. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, Only two of the bands have recorded so far, but, um, you know, we're we're looking we're looking good for it. They got time. They got time. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) We, We got a little bit. So that's a little little tease for you. That's the the big thing that's been working in the back uh, the back of Tor Johnson HQ. We've been, we've been working on that. Yeah, awesome. Just looking at uh, the notes. Yep. Not, another wonderful thing has been watching uh, my partner create a podcast. Uh, she has actually been on your podcast, but I've been able to watch uh, my partner Christine has created uh, Checkered Cast, which is a really cool ska music related podcast, uh, kind of to come out of the ashes of uh, a showless 2020. And um, it's been really cool watching her um, do a lot of the back, like, backroom organizing that you have to do for releases like doing that on podcasts uh so it's been cool um seeing her take that on yeah and i i've uh we had them on in our month of august and mm-hmm. uh that episode was so much fun um but i was also immediately jealous of how good and how quickly they had such cool people on their show <laughs> like right away and i was like damn it why did we wait 50 episodes to start having people on regularly (laughs) that's on us but uh their show's great yeah it's been it's been really cool uh seeing that end of it too um because i've like i don't know whether it's that like you and i are in the wrong end of punk but watching (laughs) scott kids like support them support each other has been like god damn it like (laughs) come on yeah (laughs) sorry go ahead I was going to say, the Uh, Scott scene is basically just, like, it's so much smaller, so maybe there is more of, like, this we-have-to-support-each-other thing going on, whereas on the end we're on, it's, like, kind of scattered. Because, like, you're kind of like us. You like a lot of different styles, too. And so, yeah, it's not as focused, I guess, with attention. 
Oh, totally. And they're they're focusing even more where they're like, you're a woman and you're involved. Yeah, come on, come on down. And like other women who are involved are like, yeah, of course I want to talk about this. It's been cool. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. Thanks a lot for doing the show. My my pleasure, buddy. <laughs> and we we have to have you back in 2021 to uh, you know you ha- your episode is kind of a a hybrid of mm. our current format because the last episode oh, yeah. you did. You know, we we gave you the year, but then we were also like, let's just do Screamo and then just kind of like let you pick the Screamo records. Oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. So because I think we wanted to talk about Envy, maybe specifically. I don't I don't remember how it came up. I think so. We But we only did Screamo stuff. Oh, it was right. like, was it? Was no, it? I think the, or- I think it was the, the Scrams of March or something. I don't remember. Oh, yes. Right. <laughs> I think it was the joke we came up with. But So we need to have you on now, and uh, like you get to like the free reign, pick whatever like, you want too, from that year. There's too many choices. I don't know I if know. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll have you back in 2021 for sure. I'd love to. My uh, my annual my annual Punk yeah. Lotto uh, visit. <laughs> All right. uh, awesome. Thanks, bud. Moving on to what I'm calling the next generation. <laughs> I have no idea what to call this. This, it, it, it's the, uh, yeah, it's the uh, the New Mutants uh, Generation <laughs> X. Yeah. So this is the scene. It's pop, been popping up in the last two years, maybe. It's kind of a combination of everything. So it's a little indie rock. It's a little emo. There's a pop punk. There's power pop in here. There's, I guess all of it technically falls under the greater term DIY. Punk, it's thrash, it's whatever. Yeah, I mean, it is that. It is like, it's the type of music that doesn't label itself punk, but very clearly has roots in punk rock. So, I don't know. Argue with me if you want. I think of all these bands as punk bands. And I don't think you're going to find, you might find one or two that are like, well, that's more of just an indie rock album, but indie rock just stole the punk playbook and yeah, lost it up. <laughs> um, I'll just go down. I'm going to go alphabetical with this list because, yeah, why not? That's the way to do it. They're they're kind of all over the country. Not alphabetical. <laughs> um, yeah, it, yeah, I, that makes as much sense as anything. As anything else I could come up with. Yeah. These are the bands that, to me, just popped off in 2020. Like, that's kind of how I, I view it. Like, the ones who were, like, succeeded the most during COVID as far as getting attention that they maybe wouldn't have otherwise. But let's start off with Friends of the Show All Right with their album I'm Doing This to Myself. We had the pleasure of having Sarah, Josh, and John all on our show in different various episodes. I've loved this band. I love watching this band grow since their first EP. Like they have just can, especially Sarah as the main songwriter have grown as, as songwriters. Like those first two EPs are, are great, but this is like the best thing they've put out to date. We talked about them a little bit on the radio episode, the first radio episode this year. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing all right at fest was, was a similar revelation to uh, seeing warriors. Um, it was just like, just why have I not paid more attention? Um, <laughs> yeah, this record killed me. I mean, the first the first listen of it, I was I was floored. Um, Sarah's an incredible guitar player, singer, songwriter. I really I love her 
her guitar tone. It's like like Bob Mould almost. Like it's fizzy and reverby, and her voice is excellent. Uh, one of the one of the one of the singers that I wanted to highlight for really going for it and putting in the work, and I think her voice sounds incredible. I think that her melodies are really smart and engaging and make you want to sing along. Yeah, everybody in this band's great though. I mean, Josh's bass lines. I've always loved Josh's bass lines and everything I've heard him play. His drum fills are excellent and atypical, and I love it when he plays drums. I also love it when he plays guitar <laughs> <laughs> and writes songs and sings, but <laughs> his drumming, I love his drumming so much. Uh, up next, I have Bad Moves with their album Untenable. This came out on Don Giovanni Records. Had a kind of a good year this year. Bad Moves are a Washington, D.C.-based band, which, by the way, the Mid-Atlantic is having a killer year this year. Ton of Baltimore bands, ton of D.C. bands this year, just, like, smashing it. Bad Moves is one of those bands that, in the, in those scenes, that are probably more known for, like, the more aggressive music. They got, like, a, just, like, this pop side to them that's just wonderful. So, like, this is that combination of the indie DIY power pop, you know, emo thing that i was talking about it's it had a lot of hype going into it before it came out especially on twitter in like my circles on twitter where people were just talking about this before it came out um and it definitely lived up to those expectations uh this is one of those like feel good records from this year there aren't a ton of those unfortunately but uh it's it's a really really enjoyable record uh barty's strange or at least live forever uh if you want to talk about my corner of the Twitter sphere, uh, it was on fire for this record when it came out. Um, I love seeing artists talk about other artists, and th- and that's kind of what I've tried to cultivate on Twitter, the type of people that I follow. Um, and everyone talked about this record before it came out, when it came out, after it came out. Um, fucking made it on Pitchfork's best albums of the year. Like, good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Barty is strange is it's gonna blow up (laughs) this year was any indication someone i want to say someone tweeted there was the who was it the country singer who got um kicked off of his snl (laughs) spot because he had like a party or some i mean just you know showing his who he really is (laughs) um and i think i saw someone tweeting something like hey you should put barty strange on like people and, and people were doing that just like nominating artists that they think should be on there and i saw that and i was like they should yeah they should they should and <laughs> i wouldn't be shocked to see that happen at no no this is a sh- i had a hard time really trying to figure out even what to call this record like it's a little bit of everything and not in like a scattered way but just more like in an eclectic fashion like there's pop elements there's punk elements there's electronic stuff in here there's there's so much in this record. It's a very dense record in the sense that, like, there's a lot to listen for. They, it's Not that it's hard to listen to, but there's just, like, so many parts to this record that it's just like, wow, yeah. what what is he doing on here? It's just, <laughs> how is he doing this? To refer to our old friend Rate Your Music, um, they have it listed as indie rock, and then all of the secondary influential genres are singer-songwriter, abstract hip-hop, soul, art rock, <laughs> art pop, post-punk revival. Um, 
yeah, there's a lot going on. And this is from a guy who like grew up like loving Norma Jean and like <laughs> the metalcore bands of like the early 2000s. So <laughs> like another one that I claim is one of our own, despite like the music itself not necessarily being punk music, but so good. <laughs> it's like one of those like this, the Waxahachie record, like the the ones that are like, uh, yes, you have to include this on your year end list because yeah. it is that good. I really enjoyed Beach Bunny's Honeymoon. This came out way back in January or February, too. This was maybe the last record I bought in a record store. Brand new. Um, it's tagged as Power Pop. It probably is. This may be one that is. is. I've my, my hesitancy and resistance to Power Pop has been worn down over this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, more, I'm using it more freely than I would have otherwise, but... I won't fight you on this one. You get to have this one. <laughs> yeah this just, one counts just it's got to have the riffs yeah and this record does have the riffs yeah i know the lead singer was like i'm so sick of all these songs and i know you all are just getting them for the first time and enjoying them but like i've had these songs forever now and i'm so ready to write new songs so we'll see what the next beach bunny record sounds like um, um up next we have another friend of the show the big easy with a long night we have the joy of having Stefan on the show uh, as we were being very difficult on that episode. <laughs> Go listen to it if you want to know more. Um, a Long Night. Man, that's such a good record. Ah, yes. It was a long night of me driving that car. <laughs> um, I didn't get to mention this, and I wanted to... In- I thought about including it in the newsletter for that week, but um, not to tell the whole story. Um, I totally missed an opportunity on that episode, though, when he mentioned... Uh, he talked about Benny and the Jets. I remember distinctly him talking about Elton John mm-hmm. listening to Benny and the Jets being really young and that being a really early memory. And there was, it was like, just like this, one of the, uh, I kept turning the radio on trying to listen to music because my phone was dying and <laughs> I couldn't charge it. Um, and the radio was not picking up very good signal. And I have this little recording that I made on my phone of just a lot of static and Benny and the Jets trying to find that song, trying to tune it in on the radio because I heard it and I was just trying to catch that signal <laughs> and it just kind of fades in and out into some other songs. Um, it just that fits the uh, I feel like that fits this big easy record. <laughs> <laughs> Lo-fi, catchy. Um, it's a really good record. Yeah, if you listen to that episode, you'll hear me try down the influences and get it wrong entirely uh i like named like all these bands that i thought it sounded like so you're from new jersey you love bruce springsteen right (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) justin naming name dropping springsteen instead of me (laughs) yeah i got it wrong i guess but uh i still maintain that it has that sound that i was thinking of it's just a more lo-fi version of it um yeah, it's an incredible record. It's a deeply personal record. Like, I was reading over the lyrics, and it definitely is, like, a, a long year. It, it refers to <laughs> a year after, of, like, after a broken relationship and moving from, like, New York to New Jersey and all that. Very deeply personal story, but it's such a good record. And I think there's something there that we can all relate to in some way, especially if you've ever been broken up with. But uh, fantastic record. I cannot wait to see what else he does after this. Up next, I have Bully with Sugar Egg. Uh, this came out on Sub Pop Records. Um, and it feels like it could have come out on Sub Pop 20 years ago. like Or thir- well, 25 years ago, more. It is a big, 
crunchy power pop. <laughs> There's that word again. Sort of grungy, catchy as hell record. Um, it it kind of reminds me of like the sound of fucked up, not vocally but musically. Um, like really big anthemic songs and like tons of reverb. Um, it's a pretty good record. I this one was new to me, and I think first by the end of the first song, I was like, oh, this is this is great. This is right up my alley. Like this is very much a sound that I look for in a lot of bands. Um, and I feel like we only ever get a little taste of it. And like last year, and I guess people would group this band more in the shoegaze category, but West Cust had some similarities, I feel like, to this record. Like a noisiness to it. Yeah. Like um, the lead singer and main songwriter, she apparently like spent time working at electrical audio. Is that what that? Steve Albini's company. Mm-hmm prediction company like she spent time there which uh, you could tell she picked up a lot of tricks from in the sense that like this is a noisy record um doesn't have that albini sound like the um the no. big bigness to it though it is a big record it doesn't have that like echoey sparse albini trademark on the drums or anything like that yeah, but there is a noisiness sound shitty enough <laughs> um but it it's it was a surprise when I listened to it. I heard a couple singles first, and then I was like, I'm really looking forward to this record, and uh, I wound up very much enjoying it. Up next, I have one of my favorite, or maybe one of the more like late additions to Stuff of the Year, uh, is Celebration Summer Against the Gun. <laughs> month maybe not maybe like a month ago i need you to listen to this and then you never said anything and then i was like listen to this make sure you listen to this (laughs) like getting ready for this episode because i really wanted to get your take on this they are another washington dc band uh their name comes from a who's do song 
which plays plays into the sound a little bit. Uh, the DC aspect plays into the influence of Rites of Spring, the Revolution Summer Bands. Um, I have to pull up my notes that I wrote from... I did listen to this when you sent it to me. I realized sure. it when I listened to it again. Because <laughs> um, I listened to it again this morning. I listened to the whole thing. And I was like, I know all of these songs. I did listen <laughs> to this whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a deep cut, but both times I've listened to it, I immediately thought of what's that band, Lock and Key. Oh, the uh, Deep Elm band. Yeah, it's got it's got a pretty small brown bike. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a hot water music thing hot going water, on. Yeah. yeah, early hot water music. There's a Leatherface thing going on with the guitar work as well. They even do a Leatherface cover for one uh, like a compilation that just went up. This. This is like a short little EP. I found it. Uh, it was recommended on the End on End podcast, which is the Discord Records uh, discography podcast. And it was on the Rights of Spring episode. And they were talking about what they were listening to recently. And one of them brought up this EP. And I was like, and they described like all these things I love. And I was like, what? Rights of Spring? Sam I Am? Leatherface? Husker Du? I have to hear this band. <laughs> And I went and listened to it, and I was like, holy shit, I love this. This is in my top ten of the year. It's super short, unfortunately. Oh, God, I loved it. I love this. It Those sounds don't get as much... They don't get used as much. There's not as many bands that fit into that sound as much as I would like. But this just, like, hit me in a way that I was just like, I I am here for this. I I need more from this band. They are a pretty young band. I think they started in 2018. So, like... They don't have much, but oh, I really hope we get much, much more. Dogleg put out Melee this year. That was one of those hype records where you're just like, oh yeah, that the pup kids are going to love this. Uh, <laughs> this is like a high energy, just like punk rock record that like kind of what the new wave of punk sounds like. Like pup is very much a big, big part of that sound. Um, but it was, it got a lot of talk this year. Um, I guess that, yeah, it's like a Philly sound, too. I don't know if, if they are one of those bands, but... They're Midwest. Okay. From Detroit. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they get tagged as, like, emo, which I guess is, I guess, the crunchier side of emo. I guess more of the, the Philly emo sound than the Midwest emo sound, but it's a fun record. We got a lot of, a lot of play around the internet there. Uh, next, we have more friends of the show, Expert Timing, Whichever, Whatever.
from Orlando. Yep. <laughs> Flawless editing there. Uh, this was released on Count Your Lucky Stars, which I was so happy to see that they they got on that label. I think this is their best collection of songs yet. I very much enjoyed Glare, but I think this is them at like their so far peak songwriting. We had Jeff and Katrina back back on last year, um, way back when they were getting ready to expect a hurricane, I believe. <laughs> they were like batting down to do because there was a hurricane coming, but uh, so everyone was a little tense in that episode. But uh, <laughs> gosh, and we made them listen to Forty Five Grave. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that was uh that was old format. Yeah. Um we need to get them back. Yeah, Jeff uh I, I messaged Jeff saying we should have him back. He's uh he's currently works in a hospital, so oh. his life's kinda crazy right now, but we we need to have both both Jeff and Katrina back. We'd love to have Gib Brown as well. It I highly recommend you watch any live for timing because they do the thing that so few bands do of having their drummer center stage. And it is wholly because he is one of the most entertaining drummers that you could watch play. Like watching drummers play is sometimes like cool. When you get a drummer who's just like makes every moment, like something to enjoy. It's like, yeah, put him front and center because he is, he is having a great time playing these songs. (laughs) Most drummers are either expressionless or like, yeah, your typical, this is excruciating mm-hmm. <laughs> rock face. Um, he's got a smile on his face the whole time. Right. He's having a blast. <laughs> Jeff and Katrina's songwriting has improved more. You know, I love the glare, but they've got so much better, especially uh, good things in constant melody. Like those two songs. Ugh, I love them. That line, new wave haircut just like sticks in my head every time. <laughs> I love it. This is uh this is one of the few records I listened to probably like the week of or shortly after it was released. Um, this one was definitely on my radar. A great, great, great EP. I also wanted to mention that uh, Jeff and Katrina released like a digital single uh, called Weapons of Math Destruction. And it's them doing heavy music. And it's quite good as well. <laughs> like, I really liked it a lot. So like now we've got two bands that they can do. <laughs> let's move on to our dear friend john russell we have gnawings shaky Coast 
actual vinyl version, a three-song version, or is that just the digital? I don't know. Anyway. Yes. Shaky is, uh, or gnawing, excuse me, is uh, a good buddy from way back. John Russell, our one of our earliest uh, Tumblr punk friends. <laughs> um, and one of the few still regularly talk to, I think. At least for me. I've been keeping up with John for a long time, and I'm really, really, really stoked for him with this band and where they're going. Um, 2021, it's going to be your year, buddy. Um, <laughs> obviously, this year fucked up a lot of people's plans, but it's been it's been cool to see him persevere through it. Put out a great EP. West Coast is such a great song. I think that's my favorite of his songs. Mm-hmm. But Math is an avenue is good, but yeah. I got my uh, my Phase 90 MXR limited run gnawing sticker <laughs> right here. Yeah, uh, we've known him for a really long time, and he has had multiple projects come and go. Gnawing is really the only one that's still active. He was in All Right, but he moved to Richmond, so he had to drop from the band. But um, Gnawing is also like the one that I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's doing it, he's doing it. Like This is... Yeah, it's the one. Like, yeah, everything else has been great. Like, Earth Mover was super cool, and like, um, Finder. Yeah, Viewfinder was always fun to see, and Planet Creep. He's done other things, but gnawing. It's you. We know John, and this is it. <laughs> this is this is the band he was meant to be in. Lemonheads and Dino Junior and um, Gin Blossoms. Goo Goo Dolls. I'm trying to think of all the stuff he names name drops. <laughs> um, got a little bit of cosmic country influence there. Yeah, I I'm dying to hear the the LP. Yeah, <laughs> I want to hear it so bad. It's just always fun whenever like you just see an artist, especially when you know, get better at everything they do. And he is he is one of those musicians. Uh, up next, I hope we have uh, Half Stacks, Wings of Love. We talked about this briefly uh, on our Punk Radio episode 2, which as of recording this has not gone up yet, on Forged Artifact Records. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on it because we literally just talked about it last week, but great record. Like a combination of like alt-country, indie, emo, like it's a highly enjoyable record. Uh, I have here uh, a self-titled album by a band called House Ghosts. They're based out of Ohio, and it they kind of remind me of... They sort of remind me of the Midwestern pop punk sound of like the late 2000s. Um, they're out of Dayton, Ohio. And they're like this just like fuzzy, upbeat, poppy punk rock that's catchy, easy to sing along with. And it's like the most perfectly Halloween looking record cover with the two pumpkins on the front. And they're called House Ghost. It's just, like it came out, I think, on in October. I want to say yeah, October 23rd. And it was just like, this is perfect for the mood, the time of year. It's like a super fun, catchy pop punk record. Uh, Illuminati Hotties released Free IH. This is not the one you've been waiting for. <laughs> I want to say this was uh, in results of the Tiny Engines debacle. Not paying artists and all that kind of good stuff. Illuminati Hotties is one to watch out for. I feel like the next thing they release is going to blow up. I think it's worth mentioning, though. It's it's kind of an important... It was an important release this year. Also worth mentioning, Long Neck released World's Strongest Dog. Another strong record in 
that same like DIY singer songwriter vein. Um, there's a little bit of like a country aspect to Long Neck's music as well. Um, I think World's Strongest Dog is their best best release yet. Um, and I have Magazine Beach with Friendless Summer. Is this one I told you to listen to? So they are they are another DC band. So like <laughs> that's what the third one so far. Um, no fourth if you count Corky. Um, and where's Dave Smalley out of these days? But uh, so I found this. I came to this band thanks to the Up the Blunks podcast. They do this really cool thing where they have listeners submit songs by bands with black artists in them um primarily like punk and hardcore stuff uh this is on the more melodic like side of things um they're like an upbeat indie punk band with like some surf aspects and as well as some emo the second song i don't mind it was like the perfect summer song uh unfortunately i didn't hear about it until after the summer was over so this is next year's summer song (laughs) but uh there's a lot of really catchy moments on this ep all right next i have no thank you with their album embroidered foliage uh this is evan from super week's new project along with katie della monica uh they're another philly-based band um they've released a couple records to this point uh jump ship was one of them and i want to say all it takes is to ruin it was the previous record uh i think embroidered foliage is their best record to date embroidered foliage (laughs) i don't know why i can't speak i guess after an hour and a half i'm uh, used up my bandwidth for talking but uh this record it it was a record it came out on on dang (laughs) on record came out the same day as the house ghost record october 23rd great record uh, i saw a lot of people talking about it when it came out and uh it definitely deserved it i think it's their best one to date and i uh, really really look forward to what they do next following that i have the obgms their album the ends comparing black artists to bad brains uh, <laughs> because exclaim did a terrible review where they said their immediate influence was clearly the bad brains and it's like why'd you say that because every member of the band's black because that does doesn't sound anything like bad brains <laughs> it does not at all the obgms are from toronto ontario and they uh are part of the same scene that kind of birthed pup 
Um, and the record was actually produced by, I don't know what his name was, but the guy who produced Pup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and musically, I had a hard time trying to nail down exactly what they sounded like. They're definitely very upbeat and aggressive, but they're not like a full-on hardcore band. I mean, they're, I guess they do what the Pup pup does it's it's like kind of like heavy guitars and like more shouted vocals but there's a little bit of melody there as well they're a very exciting band uh dylan you said you listened to it and then did 20 push-ups <laughs> i put it on and just was like well i gotta do something <laughs> need to burn some energy yeah it's 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 aggro without being like hardcore standard chuggy riffs like it, it it's um i don't know what to call it either because like i see people comparing them to like the hives and i don't hear that and i don't pup is a good comparison but it like a i, I thought of like i even thought of like big beat late <laughs> 90s early 2000s kind of like electronic music like i i would almost i would almost say that this was in some ways, a continuation of what new metal could have been. So uh, Dave Schiffman was the producer, who I couldn't think of earlier. But he also produced records by Trash Talk and Rage Against the Machine. Right. Okay. And it, it yeah. kind of works like all three. It's kind of Trash Talk, Pup, and Rage Against the Machine all in one. Like, it's interesting. Like, the record is about death and wanting to die. <laughs> they call themselves... <laughs> I love this. Uh... They said, uh, I think that I feel this is one of the most important cross genre albums this century. We are Nirvana, we are the Beatles and the Stones. We are really changing the dimensions of what which game which the game is played like the Steph Curry of for this rock shit. <laughs> it and it's kind of it, it is like it's a cross genre album, like it does do a lot of different things. It's I listened to it and I was like, this is a great fucking record, and I think. I don't know, maybe because it came out so close to the end of the year, it's, it hasn't quite got the attention that I feel like it fully deserves because I have a lot of fun listening to this album. Okay, here's the big one. Uh, next, we have Oceanator, Things I Never Said. <laughs> pleasure of having at least on the show in the spring before the record even came out so i'd heard maybe one song and i think there was a second the second song came out that week that it dropped i believe you were talking about like your favorite record your number one record of the year and i almost thought you were going to pick this one it, i'm pro- honestly i go back and forth and it's probably whichever one i listened to last um <laughs> yeah i mean this and that warriors record are just top of the line uh I love this record so much. 
I wrote a huge review of it if you want to go read that. Yeah, Elise is incredible. Just like an inst I don't this happens so rarely. I don't I don't even know what to call it, but it's someone instantly becomes like a hero <laughs> to you. What she's doing with Plastic Miracles is is really awesome. Just her saying, you know, they had a they were one of the it is one of the fallouts of the tiny engines thing. And for her to just say, like, I'll, I'll just do this myself. I'll just invest in myself and do this because it's a great record. And I don't feel like sitting around waiting for someone else to say so. I think that's that's so inspiring. And it paid off because now she's a poly- on polyvinyl. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, and 100 percent deserves it. This record is killer. The songs are amazing, amazingly catchy. Poignant lyrics, killer riffs, and her voice sounds awesome. One of the one of the biggest standouts to me. Um, she has a strong, clear, like I've mentioned previously, she puts in the effort and really sings. And she doesn't sound like, you know, again, it's not like classical singing, but she's really she puts in the effort and I really, really dig that. I've talked I mentioned this to Justin. I can't think of I can hardly think of any male vocalists in punk or indie rock that are currently active that directly inspire me (laughs) to sing, to try to sing better. And for me, all my heroes right now vocally are non-men. It's Lauren, it's Elise, it's Sarah. Come on, dudes. Let's get over the mumbling thing. (laughs) What did you call it? Monobrone? Monobrone. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so very rarely do i a lot of male voices in punk and indie and diy i just they do nothing for me they grate on me sometimes like it, come on guys yeah what's i think this was something we talked about with um with expert timing um because right because we talked about that birth birthday party ep <laughs> and and katrina pointed out like it is it is the unfair like dudes can get away with doing that kind of thing yeah and women can't women have to be better singers than the average man yeah which is horseshit (laughs) (laughs) you know so like i don't know every once in a while there's like a record that'll come out and you're just like holy shit that is important record things i never said is one of those records where i was like at least I've put out a couple other Oceanator EPs and releases, and I was just like, oh, these are good. These are really good songs. I like the songwriting and all this, but they're you know pretty much standard singer-songwriter stuff. But then this comes out, and I'm like, holy shit. She is like a, I don't know, a standout amongst the, amongst like the scene. Um, I know she's a big David Bazan fan, and I seriously get serious David Bazan vibes um, as far as like, a voice in the yeah. in the sense of yeah, it's like it doesn't sound like Pedro the Lion or David Bazan, but it's like this wholly formed voice. Like it, like it, everything's been tested, and like <laughs> this is the final product, and this is Oceanator. And yeah, I, the whole sound of this record, everything, everything is a natural extension of everything else on it. Like the guitar and her voice and the and the bass lines and the drums and the, the overall production of the record and it, it all flows into each other it's it's a just a fully formed finished product 
There's no flaws. It's just like something that came out of a glass factory. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> this is my favorite record of 2020, hands down. I mean, I know we're not ranking things, but easily my favorite record of the year. And now we still have other ones to talk about. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Oh, there's good stuff. Oh, yeah. That's why we broke it down by genre for the most part. So, uh, moving along, continuing our alphabetical excursion down this, uh, <laughs> we only have a couple more I really want to touch on. Um, I wanted to mention, thank you, I'm sorry, for releasing not just one, but two records this year. Uh, the Malta House, and I'm Glad We're Friends. The Malta House is a primarily acoustic record, and a lot of those songs are on I'm Glad We're Friends. That being said, both of these are on Count Your Lucky Stars records. Kevin a great year, too. God, could not could not be happier for that label the goalie's anxiety is like one of those records that people have been talking about a lot as well and they're also on carry lucky stars so really fun collection of records on that label right now um thank you i'm sorry is like mid true midwest emo in the sense that the slower pace some strong hooks easy to sing along with like i don't know i don't know what how else to describe it but it's just a really wonderful record and then I also picked out uh, Wednesdays. I was trying to someone else. Wednesday is one of those. This record is one of those records that I just kept coming back to. Like, Nashville? see, I'm here to pull this up. <laughs> bring on air where they're from. Very weird. I had no idea. Do I know these people? <laughs> <laughs> I don't recognize any of them. They look younger than the people that I would have known. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well. Wednesday is apparently from Asheville, North Carolina, and I need to like seek them out because I have been listening to this record off and on since I heard it early in the year, maybe March or April. You know what? I want to say April is when I heard it because there was a period at the beginning of the pandemic where I did not want to listen to new music. I did not want to listen to old music. I was not listening to any music. I We took a break from the show, about a month and a half hiatus, because we were not in the mood to talk about music. And this is one of those records that when I came back to what did I miss in that month and a half when I stopped paying attention and I found, I believe I found this record on the gray estate, uh, which is one of my favorite music blogs. Um, they are currently on hiatus. Uh, but this is one of those records that I got out of that. Um, it's just this, I don't know what to describe, but there's like shoegaze elements. There's, there's indie lo-fi but it's just one that I just keep coming back to. I don't know. It's just like strong songwriting with which I'm wishing I'd researched this record more before <laughs> talking about it right now, because I want to know so much more about these people. They are Asheville musicians. I'm going to have to do some uh, digging afterwards because <laughs> I I, I've seen other people come back to it on this throughout the year as well in like the the online circles that I, I look at. So I highly recommend you, you give this album a listen. And we'll wrap up today's episode with more friends. Uh, Wife Patrol, you're too prickly for this world.
this is one of those it's one of those very few good feeling records that came out this year it's upbeat it's energetic it's punchy it's melodic it's those harmonies are incredible we had them on our show to talk about who's could do a couple weeks ago and we wound up talking for over two hours like the episode i think is like an hour 40 something but we just kept going with them and and connected on a level of we're all kind of music nerds so we just love talking about music and when you listen to their record you definitely hear that these are students of music like people who pay attention to what they listen to and don't worry too much about like fitting in a certain like style or a trend of the moment because no other band on my list of records this year sounds like wife patrol they are one of the most wholly unique bands that I've listened to all year long. Yeah. Here's your uh here's your power pop. Yeah. <laughs> if you need that uh classification. Yeah. Wife Patrol are are a great band. Um super catchy. <laughs> Those bangles bangles harmonies. Um this is a great band and one of the bands that I was thinking of uh, as far as maybe getting some attention this year um uh, that they might not have in a normal year because they're more uh, professionals <laughs> in <laughs> other areas of their life. Um, don't necessarily have the means to go or have the freedom to go on tour forever and, and make it that way. Um, so I hope that they can continue to keep getting that the attention that they've gotten this year um, into the future and everything else that they do because they really deserve it. And this is another one of my top records. Like... I guess if you look at my top 10 that I have personally, like just like the stuff that I have picked out, I, t- I it's a lot of like moods, I want to say. And this is one of those records that's like it's in my top five because it it fulfills an area that no other records do. Um, just like this. I just feel happy listening to this record. And then they mean lyrically that they cover like all sorts of different subjects, but just the overall like tone and sound of the record. Just I just feel good when I listen to this record and I'm bopping along to it. I I love it. I love it. They took a chance on themselves and I'm so glad they did because this record is fantastic. Uh, We are joined by our good friend, Corey, frequent guest. Last time we had you on, I think we looked it up. It was like February, which is crazy because normally we have you on like at least three or four times in a year so only once at the beginning of the year was kind of odd but uh how's it going yeah not not so frequent this year probably for obvious reasons it was just i think a, a chaotic year for everybody uh yeah it was just it was a really busy time and then with the pandemic and shutdown and schools closing down our son was home with us and it just wasn't conducive to finding any time for podcast recording unfortunately but i'm i'm happy to be back for the the year end uh yeah thanks for having me quiet daddy has to talk to his friends (laughs) (laughs) about punk (laughs) yeah i mean uh, you know well and at at that point too where i where i was recording was like in the literal middle of our house and it (laughs) it would not have worked at all so (laughs) now i have a, a quiet office space tucked away upstairs um okay so I I won't I won't I'll try not to take up too much of your time and uh, get through this. I did have a lengthier list I think than I had last year. Uh, when I was when I was trying to to put this list together for you, it was it was initially 
hard to think back. It, it didn't seem like, I think, amidst everything else going on this year, that I listened to a lot of music. But then when I started putting this together, uh, I realized how much good stuff actually came out this year and, and, and how much time I spent with it. I think just, just my attention was elsewhere while music was maybe happening in the background or, or as, a, as a reprieve from everything else. And so I actually did listen to a lot of great stuff this year. A lot of stuff got me really excited, and I broke this down into into three lists. So I'll try and get through them quickly. I won't say a whole lot about them each, um, and I'll, I'll I'll start with maybe some honorable mentions. Uh, these are albums that I really liked, but maybe I didn't like enough to make it on to the the the, the, the top ten list. I did try and keep it to a, a tight top ten for favorite albums, and and we'll get to it when I when I get there. But I also included one one seven inch and one kind of like ep mini album on there because i liked them enough uh to make it to the the main list but for honorable mentions and this is this is something that will carry over into the the main list as well i i, I got into like synth pop a lot this year and like indie synth pop in particular um so first off on honorable mentions uh fellow canadian white poppy and her album Paradise Gardens. Uh, not an artist that I was familiar with prior to 2020, but uh, one that I've spent the last month or two getting really into, and, and her 2020 album Paradise Gardens is, is great. You should listen to it. Next up on the honorable mentions, uh, one of my top artists from 2019 is Carly Rae Jepsen and Dedicated Side B, which is is good, especially the, the back half but not as strong for me as as dedicated, which made it to my my main list last year. Can, can uh, I ask what what the title refers to, like dedicated side B? Yeah, so uh, this is something that she started with her album prior to dedicated emotion. There was also emotion side B. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming this is something that happens with a lot of of. I don't know what the word is here. A lot of established pop stars who have a lot of time to spend in the studio and writing um, that, that the writing process takes so long and there's so much material that it's, it's probably really hard to whittle it down to an album length uh, amount of songs. And so uh, with emotion and emotion side B, there was, I think emotion side B was seven or eight tracks that, that were great, but just not good enough to make it on the main album or didn't fit with the flow of the, the main album. And she did the same with, with dedicated. So these are, these are leftover songs from the dedicated sessions. So, okay. That made me want, because for some reason, my brain, I thought dedicated was the B side album. And I forgot about emotionalism side B being the, <laughs> the B side. So that makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so next up on my list is Lamelda and her album, Hannah. For for me, I spent a lot of time in my late teens, early twenties, listening to Mira, and this album at times had really heavy Mira vibes for me. But it, it's it's one of those albums that like every other song hits for me, and so it just wasn't strong enough for my taste to to make it onto the main list. But I'm I'm seeing lots and lots of attention for it over the year, and lots of people really seem to like it. Next is a a band who's, who's previous albums i've i've really enjoyed and this one uh was good but a little bit slower a little bit a little bit not as easily immediate as some of their other releases happy accidents and their their 2020 album sprawling yeah i I like the 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 more upbeat indie pop punk of their earlier albums this is a little bit more a little slower a little more uh reflective maybe a nice 
a nice Sunday morning album. I didn't realize that this, like I'd forgotten that I listened to the, what the 2018 album that they put out and really liked that album. So I was, I was surprised when I was like, Oh yeah, I didn't realize they even had a new album. Yeah. I think it kind of came and went without a whole lot of, a whole lot of attention to it. Cause their 2018 album, I think was on specialist subject and specialist subject is one of those labels that does a really good job of, of promoting their releases, I think. And, and, you know, people really like to follow that label, but, but sprawling came out on a different label. So I don't know, maybe just promotion, maybe just uh, people have other things to pay attention to this year. I know the lead singer in that band is also in that band Cheerbleeders. Yep. So maybe some of the attention that this record could have got went towards that EP, because that EP got a lot more attention. So Yeah, see, this is what well, we were talking off mic, but this is where uh, this is where a list would, would help me keep track of what I listened <laughs> to. I totally forgot about those Cheerbleeders EPs. They were great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, too late to think about that now. Uh, next up on Honorable Mentions is Gen Pop and their album PPM 66. Just pretty cool post-punk. I think that that this year in particular, I realized that, that maybe I like post-punk more than I think I do with with a couple of the other albums that, that show up on here and a couple of the other songs that show up on here. I don't know. It's it's not a genre that I've spent a ton of time to. I had a thought this morning that I think what I don't like about most post-punk is that it sounds, it sounds like my Sharona. That's what the, the genre as a whole sounds like to me. And that song sucks. It sucks so bad. And so to have an entire genre that just sounds like, you know, variations on the My Sharona beat and, and guitar line, it's just, it's, it's not what I want to hear ever. I don't think, uh, what is that? The Knack? Yeah. <laughs> what is that an 80s song? Or is yeah, that 70s? 70s or 80s. Yeah. It's terrible though. <laughs> That's what the whole genre sounds like. <laughs> you know, I I kind of get what you're saying though, because there's definitely like that. I wonder if that all comes from like Kraftwerk or something like that, <laughs> like going back to that earlier sound. But <laughs> well, Gen Pop is cool. Um, this album is out on I think the No Age Guys label. PPM is the No Age Guys label. Uh, yeah, worth checking out. One, I, 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 they're one of those bands that I can't find a ton of information about. I know that at least on their earlier seven inches, Mary Jane Dunphy, who was a member of CCFX and CC Dust and the County County Liners and uh, Vex and Pinocchio and a bunch of other cool bands who seem to have very little internet presence. She was a member of this band at one point. I can't find out if she was on this album or not. I don't think she sings on it, uh, which is the most immediate way that that. I would know if she was a part of it, but she was at one point part of this band. Yeah, worth checking out. And the last two, these are these are these are two late minute, uh, last minute additions to the the honorable mentions list. Uh, just because I remembered them this morning before, and I thought, yeah, I did like those enough to go on the honorable mentions list. Uh, Lawrence Arms, Skeleton Coast, way better than Metropole. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which every time I go back to Metropole, I, I realize that it's better than I remember. But Skeleton Coast was just more immediately enjoyable um and something that that made its way into my regular rotations for at least a little while in the summer dylan and i talked about it a little bit and we were saying that it's it's a much better album than metropole and it but it also felt felt more like a throwback to an era that dylan and i weren't specifically the biggest fans of because right we've said before that we're more of a fan of like the agony and apathy era stuff greatest story ever told like that kind of yeah, so, and so probably more... the reason that I like it so much is because it, it, it sounds like a throwback to Ocalpetta, which That's what which, we said, yeah. yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's definitely one of my favorite albums. I like most of their eras, uh, but but Ocalpetta and, and Apathy and Exhaustion, are, are, those, are, those are my two albums. 
And then last on honorable mentions is Retirement Party Runaway Dog. Just one of those bands that I totally forgot about. I think because it came out pretty early in the year. And uh, as I as I said off mic, I have kind of a chaotic approach to this where I, I don't really keep any list and I, I don't keep any data on, on what I listen to. So it just, it really relies on, on what I remember. And, um, and this, 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 I was prompted by the, uh, the stereo gum list. I was just looking at it this morning, <laughs> um, because they have a list of the 45 best punk albums. And I thought there's not 45 good punk albums this year. <laughs> sure. <there> are. <laughs> I don't you know, know maybe. This year, I've noticed, like, I've looked at, like, a lot of the other lists that have come out so far this year, like, the Brooklyn Vegan list, which is, like, the most I've ever agreed with a Brooklyn Vegan list. Oh, that's but, what I was looking at. Brooklyn Vegan, not Stereo Gum. Yeah. And then, like, the alt, the alternative had one, too, that was really, I was like, wow, I agree with a lot of these lists. So either, like, there's more, like, unanimous agreement on what was a good record this year, or... I'm more tuned in to what's popular now than I have been in the years past, maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little disappointed with this retirement party record. I really liked it, but like, it, I guess it falls under that sophomore slump a little bit because it didn't immediately catch me as quick as the first record did, but still a really good record. Yeah, I think that's the same for me. Um, but that on, on repeat lessons, it, it pays off. Yeah, it's kind of got like a slow burn. Okay, so that's it for honorable mentions. Sorry, I'm taking too long. I'll try and go as fast as I can through these ones. <laughs> the other way that I wanted to break this down was was favorite songs, and and not necessarily you know singles, but songs that I I loved and that I found myself going back to repeatedly. And you and I have talked a little bit about this off mic about our, our listening habits, and and me in particular. Like if I find a song, I will. I, I don't listen to it in the ground, into, into the ground, because I can still come back to it and, and and appreciate it later. But I will listen to the same song all night long. I'll just put it on repeat. I did it last night, and 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 it it, it I don't get sick of them. Uh, but these are songs that I I wanted to focus on from albums that I didn't necessarily like. So some of these are from albums that I loved, but most of them are from albums that that overall I didn't enjoy the album as an experience. But I loved these songs and, and continually came back to these songs. So I'll go through these ones fairly quickly. Um, first up is Casey Hill and Dinner. Off her album, Is It Selfish If We Talk About Me? Uh, I don't have a ton to say about that. Kind of just fell into the, the, the synth pop stuff that I found myself, sad synth pop that I found myself turning to a lot this year. Next up, and, and if this if I had thought about this or if this song had come out a little bit earlier, this this the, the song might have changed because this is the song that I, I listened to 10 times last year or last night sorry uh but landy hecht from muncie girls and her song 80 days of rain so she just put out a new single yesterday called december that i just i listened to it all all day and all night long i probably listened to it 15 times yesterday uh <laughs> just could not stop listening to it can't wait for the album uh, yeah. but 80 days of rain is 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 fantastic as well and i'm really looking forward to hearing the the rest yeah. of it I'm looking forward to the album as well. Uh, we've we've talked before off mic about how I'm not necessarily like whenever they put out new songs to listen to them, I tend to just wait for the record to come out. <laughs> so, yes. So I, I definitely will be looking forward to that record when it comes out. Is Get Get Better's doing it right? Yeah. Did That's you so listen cool. to the song that I sent you yesterday? Uh, or you just wait for the record. No, I listened to the one you put on this list though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, I'll well, listen to it when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I respect. Uh, album release schedules. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the uh, absorb the album as a whole uh, approach. 
Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, just for this list, it just happened that that I didn't like most of these albums as a whole. Not that they were <laughs> bad, but just that I just, you know, the whole album didn't hit me. Okay, next up is Haim and I Know Alone. Probably one of the top three songs that I listened to this year, just, just over and over again. In the car, when I was working, uh, on my walks, just just constantly playing. And not not a very good album, though. And I, and I think that's an unpopular opinion because I think it's it's showing up on a lot of best of the year lists. I, I loved the singles that led up to it. And then the album as a whole, though, just didn't do it for me. I definitely heard it on a podcast this week. They were talking about it. It was one of their favorite records. So I never really got into them, mainly because yeah. I never tried. But yeah, I think this one was more liked than the second record they put out. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, next up is Lil Baby and Emotionally Scarred. Uh, the album for me was was too long. Just didn't didn't enjoy the listening experience. But I did love this song. I think that it's I think that it's cool, and I think that it's important that especially in in hip hop that you know I don't know if this is is because of the increase in in like SoundCloud rap as a genre, or I don't know I don't know if I love the the, the label SoundCloud rap, but that's where a lot of it emerges from. Um, you know, if, if because of so much of that is, is being made by teens and and te- teenage them being a particularly like emotionally volatile time uh, and that's kind of seeping its way into into the mainstream. But I think it's important. I think it's cool that that, you know, one of the biggest rappers in the world isn't isn't afraid to put a song called I'm emotion or called emotionally scarred where he's singing about being emotionally scarred on uh, on one of the most anticipated rap albums of the year. I think that's cool. Great song. Uh, in the middle of an otherwise kind of flawed and middling album. And then similarly, this is like the most 35-year-old man thing to admit, <laughs> but I got super into that hyperpop playlist that Spotify curates <laughs> from the New York Times article about it. And, you know, I, you and I have talked about about how much I, I like 100 Gex and you hate 100 Gex. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't really know that there was a genre that was otherwise organized around this this kind of you know what i would probably just call like glitch popper like internet music um (laughs) but i i discovered a ton of cool stuff from there this year and one of the best discoveries was eric doa who is this 18 year old kid who just makes really cool uh glitchy at times hip-hop at times kind of just like sad synth pop kind of stuff and so he's he and he and breakants had this song called things you do to me that I think is one of the best songs of the year. And I could, I could write a whole essay on everything that is perfect about it, but we don't have time for that today, but you should go and check it out. If you're listening to this, the, uh, hyperpop kind of blew up this year. The lead singer of the band river actually like made like a really big, like hyperpop playlist. I guess I'll, I'll have to find it and send it to you. See if there's a lot of overlap there. Yeah. But this is the most I've become aware of that term. It's such a bad term too. <laughs> Talking about music is stupid, and nobody should. Do that. <laughs> uh, okay, next up is Julie Byrne and Jeffrey Cantu lead and Love's Refrain. Uh, we didn't get a new Julie Byrne album this year, which I had hoped for, but we did get her singing over this song that uh, she just just made it. She she made it, you know, her, the addition of her vocals just make it this transcendent experience. Um, really beautiful. Jeffrey Cantu lead is not someone I've been familiar with before, uh, and I went back and listened to the original instrumental version of the song. Uh, and Julie Byrne just just elevates it and makes it 
so much better. Uh, yeah, and I hope I hope that's a sign of things to come for her and her music because I think that's a really interesting direction for her. Uh, next up, another band that I don't particularly care about, and anytime I've tried to listen to anything other than this song, it doesn't do it for me. But Future Islands and their song Thrill, um, just a, a, another sad, slow kind of synth pop song, I guess. Uh, the number one song that I listened to this year. Uh, it's, it's an embarrassing amount when, when I, when I got my Spotify results this year, uh, and that's just on Spotify. That doesn't, that doesn't account for the times that I listened to it walking or in the car. Um, I, I, I would put this probably in the hundreds that I've, I've listened to this song this year and I, and I don't ever get sick of it. Uh, Waxahachie Fire. Uh, I love Waxahachie. I love all of her albums. Um, but this this song in particular, I think it's just the the high maybe it's just the higher register. Like something about it, like something about her vocal her vocals in particular in this song, um, really caught me off guard. And I think it came out early in the year. I think it came out January, and the album came out in March, January, February. Um, and so I, I had a lot of time with it leading up to the album, and and still, even the amount of time I spent with the album this year, this is still the song I come back to over and over again. That record is definitely one of the ones though that like. It she transcended a certain level that she was at before yeah. to get. Yeah, the I think she got a lot more attention this year than she has in other years. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I won't say too much about these last couple songs. Torres and her song "Gracious Day" off of her album "Silver Tongue." I like that album. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't put that on one of these lists. Other honorable mentions or one of the the top lists. Uh, but it's a it's a good album and a beautiful song. And Charlie XCX Claws. I. Uh, we didn't have to talk about COVID and music in COVID times. What'd <laughs> she like, say? You, I missed that. <laughs> you, you, well, I mean, you you knew at one point there was going to be a COVID album. Yeah. Uh, and I think this was kind of the first one. This was the one where like it came out in in the spring, and she had these you know self imposed rules, like she had to make an album in a month. I think it was, um, you know, in her house alone. Um, I don't know. You knew that story was going to come out eventually, about about music in COVID times, but it's just, I don't feel like talking about it, but it's a cool <laughs> song uh, produced by Dylan Brady from hundred Gex. Uh, and the album is otherwise, yeah, there's a few other good songs, but the song is great. And then uh, finally, Lamelda and her song wonder, which is uh, stunning. And also uh, going back to what I said earlier, gives me a heavy Mira vibes, particularly off of uh, Mira's album advisory committee. Okay. I'm going to try and be quick with my favorite albums now. And <laughs> <laughs> if I interject and slow you down. <laughs> All right. You interject when you, when you can then. Uh, I'm going to do this out of order from the way that I sent it to you because it doesn't feel right to, to end on a seven inch. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about the seven inch first. So I decided to put a seven inch on it on this list. Uh, and that seven inches by ribbon stage. And the seven inch is my favorite shrine. Indie pop punk. 
Yeah, a little garagey, I guess. Yeah, really cool fun. stuff. Yeah. Looking forward to hearing more from them. Yeah, you sent that one to me this year too, and I remember. Yeah, was... I've read. I've read that they've been working on songs during quarantine, but I think they're across the country from one another. Yeah, so looking forward to hearing more from them. Uh, next up, back to post punk, uh, sweeping promises, hunger for a way out. I think I sent that to you, and I don't think you dug mm-hmm. it, but I, I really liked it. And it's not something that I would normally listen to. I don't think. Uh, just a cool band out of Boston. I think so, when you had sent it to me, I had already listened to the whole thing. Okay. And, and so I was like, yeah, I listened to it. You know, it wasn't one that like cracked my 200. So yeah. it's not bad. It's just it didn't hook <laughs> cracked me. Cracked your 200. Yeah, yeah. I got a 200 list. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> an eight-hour podcast. <laughs> I'm definitely going to use our uh, sub stack to uh, send this list to everyone. <laughs> awesome. I'll, I'll read it. And I'll listen to the things that I didn't listen to yet. Uh, next up is Gladdy and Safe Sins. I'm the so happy that augusta coke is making because how you say her name is making uh music again under gladi this album was great uh it came out earlier in the year and uh i feel like it kind of slid under the radar and, and maybe didn't get the attention it deserved there were like three there so there's the album and then there were like two eps too called thank you guard and orange peels um i listened to thank you guard the most because it has a, a cover of plea for from a cat named virtue so I was like, oh, that's the one I'm listening to a lot. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Now that you're reminding me of that, I don't even know if I've listened to that yet. Maybe I'll listen to it cover. once, but yeah, I'll check it out. It's reminding me. Uh, next up is Mary Lattimore and Silver Ladders, uh, recorded with one of the guys from Slow Dive, which doesn't mean anything to me, but I know that Slow Dive is a band that people love, so if that means something to you, it's worth checking out. Um, I love Mary Lattimore, I love all of her albums, and her collaborative releases uh, are always interesting and, and challenging. And uh, yeah, this one, I don't know, sounds like the rain. It's very beautiful. Uh, a band that's been super important to me at many points in my life, and this is this is probably the most like mall punk entry on my list, uh, but Strike Anywhere, Nightmares of the West. <laughs> Away from your home where we want to keep 
feels like it feels like a band that is just like barely above the level of anti-flag <laughs> but it still feels okay to listen to uh, <laughs> like it's not as embarrassing as if i were a huge anti-flag fan but i i like this this i don't know is it it's not quite an ep can you call an eight song an eight song release an ep a mini album a yeah, mini, say, is that a mini lp <laughs> mini i guess and i think two two or three of the songs are covers yeah. but i'm just i'm happy that in, in 2020 we got new music from them it was good they were never one of my bands that i really got into and uh, uh i gave this ep a listen because you recommended that they you know they were you were telling me that they had been releasing a couple tracks that were good so i gave the ep a listen and it is in my 200 so that's a good one i like that one <laughs> <laughs> cracked the 200 yep Someday I'm going to come back and we're going to do a full album. I decided this this morning. We're going to do a, a, a full episode uh, to talk about The Measure. Um, because I don't think you guys have talked about The Measure on, on the pod. So we should do that soon. Um, no, we haven't. No. But while we wait for that, um, Warriors, You or Someone Like You was one of my favorite albums this year. Uh, again, oh, kind of one that I forgot about. One that came out early in the year um, that I listened to a lot early on and then kind of forgot about. So I talked about this briefly off mic, but we, or sorry, I, I don't really have, I don't have a rubric for what makes it on, but I, I do have some kind of an internal logic and I can't quite describe how, how that works for me. Um, but any year, I think there's a Warriors album. It'll, it'll make it onto my list. Um, the measure in particular were just a super important formative band for me of the last 10 to 12 years or so. And, uh, I love everything that, that Lauren has continued to do in, in Warriors and, and whoever else they've brought along with them. Yeah, this is one of our favorites of the year. We definitely, yeah. on the main episode, talked quite a bit about this record. So, yeah, awesome. I'm glad you have it here, too. Yeah. Uh, just a few more. Adrian Lenker's songs slash instrumental. Instrumental? Instrumentals? I forget. Um, double album. I like the song side best. Uh, I love Big Thief, and I was happy to see another uh big thief related release this year i haven't really enjoyed adrian's previous solo releases but something about the songs on on this in particular um really stuck with me and have been something that i've been listening to a lot over the last month or two and then um i feel like you don't get this kind of experience anymore where you just like take a chance on an album um but i was i i was record shopping on online uh, through Reckless in Chicago. And one of the things that I like about Reckless in Chicago and their site is that they uh, have pretty pretty solid album descriptions. And I read the description for this new album that had come in by Clarice Jensen called The Experience of Repetition as Death. And I don't know what in particular drew me to it, um, but I, I liked the sound of the title, The Experience of Repetition is Death. That's just a great title. I liked the description of the album uh, as being kind of like dark, mostly cello drones. Uh, I thought that sounded really, really interesting and like something that I wasn't super familiar with. Um, I may have sampled a little bit before deciding to buy it, but I, I don't think I listened to the full thing. Um, and that's not really an experience that I think is very common nowadays, you know, like we've talked about this a little bit before being 18 and having, you know, you finally have $20 and uh, you know, you, you saw a cool band's name and in, in your favorite band's liner notes and you, you, you see a CD at the store and you decide to take a chance on it and force yourself to listen to it. You don't really get that experience anymore. Um, but this was, this was like the 2020 approximation of that. 
where I took yeah. a chance on it, it paid off. And I, I love this album. It's 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 dark. Um, it's like unsettling at times. It kind of sounds like you're having a panic attack, um, <laughs> which is probably not an experience that you want to have in, in when you're listening to music. But not in 2020. It, it, yeah, it's it's fitting. <laughs> it's fitting for the times. Um, it upsets my family when I put the LP on. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like listening to it. <laughs> but it's, it's great. Your whole household. <laughs> no. Yeah, it upsets everybody. Okay, and then I've got two more, uh, and I, I feel like there's probably not too much to say about these two albums that other people haven't said much better than I uh, can, but Waxahachie, St. Cloud. This was really, like yeah. this was her this was her her country release. Um, one of the things that I love most about about Waxahachie is her ability to to reinvent her sound continually, yet still sounding like Waxahachie. Yeah, yeah. There, there are huge sonic differences between this and Out in the Storm, and they're you know they're they're back to back in her in her release um, in her discography. I said this in in our main episode because we also talked about this record too. We. Um, I, I think of her as a punk musician still. Like, even though, like, her stuff has definitely transcended from punk-sounding music, just the fact that she came out of, you know, P.S. Elliot, which is very tied into, like, the indie DIY emo-ish scene what, in Philly. So, like, yep. she's always one of ours. That's the way I've always viewed her music. So, like, even if she just makes, like, a, a straight 70s country record, I'm still going, <laughs> that's one of ours. That's ours. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw her in a basement in, in Florida. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. And last on my list, and then I will get out of your hair, is Dead and Flower of Devotion. Um, I just, I love this album. I love the minimalism of it. I love the vocals. I love the weird drums that, that sound like there's maybe two or three pieces to the whole kit. Um, I love, uh, it, 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 it's, oh goodness, I had a mind blank there. <laughs> this will just all be edited out. Um, <laughs> I I love that it doesn't it doesn't let up. There isn't a track that drags on it, and it seems like for me, and at least the kinds of things that I'm usually drawn to, it seems like something that that won't stick around for me. But that's not been my experience at all. I continually return to it throughout the year, and I I continually listen to it front to back, and I, and every time I'm surprised at how by how much I enjoy it. It just this- endlessly pays off for me. Uh, Dylan and I's brother Luke actually brought this band to our attention. 
We're uh, <laughs> feeling very depressed about that too. <laughs> he was like, "I've been listening to this band Dead." I was like, "Who?" And I, I'm pretty on top of new music, and I was just like, "I have no idea who this band is." And I saw some like similar artists that I knew that I listened to. I was like, "Okay, it's most, this is like a branch away from like something that I was already listening to." And yeah, Luke's being much younger than us, so uh, he yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because I think made... I think I sent it to you, and then you were like, "Oh yeah, Luke told me about this two weeks ago." <laughs> <laughs> He's telling good grandpas about the the new musics. Yeah. All right, that's my list. Well, thank you for sharing your list. Thank um, you for having me on to talk about it. We will definitely have you back on in 2021. We'll have to we'll figure out when when that's good. But uh, that's for an off mic conversation. But yeah. Thank you, Corey. No problem. Thanks, Justin. But that will wrap it up for our first half of the best of 2020s. 2020. I keep saying plural. I don't know why. Um, next week, what we'll do is we'll break down into the uh, more genre-specific stuff. So, like, right now, I've currently got a category for Screamo, post-punk, post-hardcore, ska, metalcore, hardcore. I even have a little shoegaze. And then a few more, like, geographically-centric categories. Um, so Dylan's got to listen to a lot of hardcore this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get some um, free weights. Yeah. Power through it. Maybe we'll throw in our not so punk picks. Yeah. Bounce it out at the end of that one. That'll be it from just me and Dylan this week. Uh, follow us on all forms of social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Punk Lotto Pod. All the good stuff. Subscribe to our newsletter. Yep. It's Punk Lotto. Wait, is it Punk Lotto dot Substack or is it Punk Lotto Pod? <laughs> I should know. <laughs> professional um it is punklottopod.substack.com um yeah subscribe you'll get uh i've got some ideas working for the for the newsletter that will differentiate it from the podcast so it's not all recap um so that'll be my big goal for next year one of my big goals for next year 